Hey there, welcome back to podcast number 11. Why you are really in conflict. Hello and welcome to the Fighting for Connection podcast. I'm Brett Nicola, a husband, father, and fun lover. Listen in as I share stories, tips, and inspiration that will move you toward the connection that you want in your relationship. I remember one of the first really big fights I had with Kelsey. Kelsey was pregnant, and when I say pregnant, she was like nine months, and we probably should have been on our way to the hospital kind of pregnant. And I was pretty sick. And when I say sick, I mean like I probably should have been under warm blankets and someone should have been bringing me crackers and something to drink and reading to me to pass the time by. But it didn't seem like Kelsey had very much empathy for me and my running nose and feeling a little bit tired. And on the evening of this fight, we'd been out a little bit later and it had snowed uh, the prior night. And it didn't snow so much that we couldn't get out of our driveway. But when we came home, I had to take a couple of runs at, at the driveway just to get out of the street. But out of the street, I got. And once I was on the driveway, I went straight into the house and uh, sat down on the couch. But no sooner did I get on the couch than Kelsey came in and started pulling out her winter gear, like her snow pants and boots and all that stuff. And pretty quickly, I realized that she was planning on going out to shovel the driveway. So I kind of took this one on the chin. First of all, I felt like shoveling the driveway was my job. And if it got to the point that she was going to do it herself, baby and all, I knew that I had dropped the ball. Second, she clearly, clearly didn't see the heroic efforts that I was making just to stay alive. Because you remember, I was sick. So with a little back and forth and with the temperatures rising inside, we both headed outside to tackle the whipping winds and the single digit temperatures and the 10 inches of snow on our driveway. Not to mention, you know, when like the snow plow comes by and leaves that big mountain of snow at the end of the driveway, that was out there too. And it was hardening by the minute. By the time we both had our shovels in hand, neither of us were talking to each other. The snow was flying and a whole lot was being communicated, but not a word was being uttered. Now, this fight took a couple days to iron out. How we got back to like good feelings, I'm not exactly sure, but it probably looked something like me shutting Kelsey out for a while and her being sad, followed by like a long, slow-moving conversation where eventually we both would cry and hug and forgive each other and just try to forget about it. Now, this was the first really big fight that I remember, but from there on out over the next few years, that process became a well-worn path. It became a cycle. Different events would happen and our cycle looked and sounded the same. We both talked about how tiresome it was and how we just wanted it to stop and we didn't want to go into that same behavior every time, but we'd talk about it and boom, it seemed like it would happen again and again and again. So while I wouldn't say that our marriage was on the rocks or it was really difficult during that period of our life, it did feel like the shine had kind of worn off, like the honeymoon period was over. And it seemed like over the next few years, we just kind of accepted that uh, it must be because we're 
quote unquote too busy or this is just what life is and and we have to accept it. And there is a lot going on outside of our marriage too within our personal lives and uh, work and school and uh, relationships and family and all kinds of other things that it seemed like we could point to uh, as to the cause of our disconnect. And so to some degree, it seemed like we could make rational sense of it. I think we both felt sad, but we just, neither of us really knew how to fix it. And during that time, as it seems like it happens in my life, where I try to improve one area of my life, it it seems to pour over into other parts of my life. And in my case, I was on a mission to figure out how to effectively do marriage therapy for my work. And I wanted to do well in my profession. And for a reason that's kind of a topic for a whole nother podcast, I had a lot of interest in helping couples specifically. Well, as I looked into ways that couples were seeing results in therapy, I came across something called emotionally focused therapy. And as I learned about this method of helping couples, I began to learn why couples who fall in love with each other and who want to stay together get into conflict and move apart. I began to learn about the pain that both partners feel as they experience their conflict cycle. And it was like a light bulb went off for me. It was really the first time that I could put into words what my experience was like when Kelsey and I would get into our conflict cycle. And during this time, everything just started making sense. It made sense why I would have this feeling wash over and overpower me and why I would respond in a way that moments before I just couldn't really imagine. I would be hostile and defensive and it was like I was being attacked because that's how I felt. I was responding kind of like a like a caged animal or, or a cornered cat. And now while I why I felt attacked had everything to do with me. And it wasn't because of how Kelsey was showing up or what she was doing or her behaviors at all. But it was like even in the softest, kindest ways that Kelsey would approach me, I would have this sensation. And these sensations come because we all have these insecurities that we have in relationships. And some of us are more insecure and some of us less, but a lot of this points to our attachment styles and how securely or insecurely attached we are. When our security in relationships is questioned, we fear losing the care and connection that is so important to us within that relationship. And it creates this fight, flight, freeze response in a millisecond. So as I would experience this pain of being attacked and criticized and ultimately a feeling of being rejected by Kelsey, I would move to anger and I would withdraw in an attempt to communicate my pain to Kelsey. This would leave Kelsey thinking like I was being mean and cold and disconnected. And as she would think this, she would experience a feeling of being hurt and alone. This would then turn to like sadness And she would begin to like ask questions of like why and what's going wrong. And she would cry and eventually tell me that this whole process just wasn't working for her. This would get me more and more uh, upset. I feel like, again, this reactivation of, of being the problem and being rejected by her. And around and around we would go. Now, if you can see through this, 
you can begin to see a couple different things. So first of all, Kelsey and I really, truly both cared for each other. And I think fundamentally we knew that. We knew that we had that care for each other. But there were times where we felt like the other person didn't care for us in the way that we wanted to or in ways that we understood were good for a relationship to have. And this anxiety would lead us to try to fix it in ways that we had been taught or ways that made sense to us. And what would happen is we'd unintentionally push each other away. Here's an example. Oftentimes in cycles, we tell our partners something to this effect, like you're never home. And what we're really trying to communicate when we say you're never home is that we miss them. But one seems to cause the part, the other partner to pull away while the other one is a lot better at inviting our partner in. The first way of you're never home seems to activate a cycle and continue a cycle while saying something more like I miss you can interrupt a cycle and can bring and draw our partner in together where we can both reassure each other that we both care about each other. So learning how to share with Kelsey that I care about her and I want to figure out our conflict together has really made such a big difference for us. And as I've seen the impact that it's had in my life, it's been so easy to share it with others. Today, it's like one of the most amazing experiences that I get to see when I have two people that I'm working with who really care about each other begin to see that their partner also cares about them. It's, it's beautiful to watch. They're able to see through their cycle and they begin to communicate clearly to each other what their experience is and their care for each other. You see, when we can take the relationship worries out of the conflict, the problem just seems to get so much more manageable. Now, on the flip side of this, one of the saddest things I see is when two people who truly care for each other lose each other in the conflict cycle. The hurt doesn't have to go on and on, and we can interrupt the cycle and reestablish connection. We just have to understand the cycle and pause it and communicate in a clearer way with each other. Teaching this is the work that I do, and practicing it in my own life has been a gift to myself and to the relationships around me. I so encourage everyone to learn what happens for them when they're in relationship conflict and how to invite whoever it is that you're in conflict with into the relationship that you want with them. Because the cycle, while it shows up in marriages and in romantic relationships, it can show up even outside of the marriage. It can show up, I've seen it with bosses and employers, parents and kids, siblings, you name it. When you learn this and have the ability to see why you're really in conflict, you're going to be able to communicate clearly around that conflict rather than debating things like if arriving home 10 minutes later than stated is late or not. See, oftentimes that's what couples will do is they'll, they'll end up in these debates over the content, not recognizing that what is underneath that is this anxiety about how much we care about each other within the relationship. That's all that I had for today. And now as you look around at all those relationships that are so important to you, I want you to become aware of the cycles of conflict that show up in your life 
and see if you can figure out how to do your part to interrupt that cycle and to restore the connection that you want. I hope everybody has a good week out there and enjoy the holiday season. This has been the Fighting for Connection podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want more content like this, check out my Connected Couples Campus, which can be found on my website, www.pivotalapproach.com, and become the difference you need in your relationship.